Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 289. 289, what a great little motor that was. I had a 289 Cobra once in a 68 California special. Gorgeous little car. Went like stink. Anyhow, great engine. It's going to be a great podcast. So, what are we going to talk about? You know, I haven't really been on the show that much, on and off. I had to do some work, do this, do that, and everything else. And I really haven't been paying attention to the football season, and I really haven't had a rant, a good one. And I've been thinking about this one all day today, and it comes down to quarterbacks. And my opinion of quarterbacks is not mainstream. I always believe that only dead fish swim with the stream. So you know what? I'm always out there on the fringe. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will agree with me, and there's a lot of people that won't. But the greatest quarterback in the CFL ever has been Doug Flutie. That's uh, to me, that's not even a debate. So we're not even going to go into that. And there's a whole pile of other things. A lot of people will say Anthony Calvillo was the greatest quarterback in the CFL. He's not even in my top five. Okay. I really didn't like Anthony Calvillo. Yes. He's got amazing fucking numbers, but why is that? That's because he played for so many years and why could he play for so many years? He was never hurt. Okay. So why do I not think Calvillo was a good quarterback. Well, he was an amazing quick release quarterback. He sat in the pocket. He's a pocket passer, quick release, got rid of the ball, whether he found a, a receiver or he threw it into the crowd. But Anthony Calvillo was a coward. He never stood up and took a hit for the team, giving the receiver that extra second to get open. Okay. He didn't never did that. He threw the ball into the crowd. So he didn't get touched. The poor baby didn't like that. Okay. So, that's why he was allowed to play for 22 years in the CFL. Man, the guy never had a bruise in his entire life. Um, so, and how many times did he hang Ben Cahoon out to lunch in, in the, coming across the middle? Beautiful slot back, Ben Cahoon. Great Canadian. Love him. One of the best slot backs in the CFL history. Uh, Calvillo hung him out to dry. I don't know how many times. Throws him the ball and he gets exploded by some linebacker. Okay, and holds on to the ball. Love the guy. Okay, so Anthony Kelvio, not there. He's not up in my top five. No way near. No way is he even close to the number one quarterback in the in the CFL. Ricky Ray, amazing man. Love him. He's in my top five. Okay, great quarterback. He would stand in the pocket and take a hit, but pocket passer. He never ran. He did very rare did he ever run. Um, but you know what? He would take a hit to to make a play, and you gotta love that. Uh, Mike Riley's my favorite quarterback all times, no doubt about it. Is he is he the best? Well, he is right now. Um, Zach Caleros. Okay, you look at Saskatchewan right now. Saskatchewan fans are like calling for his head. He's getting four hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year, and he's throwing interceptions. Well, interceptions aren't always the quarterback's fault. If he had an O line that would give him any time at all, he wouldn't be panicking to get rid of the ball. Now, the problem with Zach at this point in time is he's not taking Anthony Calvillo's lead and throwing it into the crowd. He's throwing it downfield, trying to make a play for his team, 
which you got to give him some credit for because he's at least trying to make a play for his team and, uh, and throwing the ball wrong and getting it picked off. So, you know, I understand that. And I appreciate that being a BC Lions fan and uh, watching Jonathan Jennings for the last three years. Okay. So moving on. So to me, Zach Caleros is the most talented quarterback in the CFL today. Bar none, he, if he had an O-line, he would shred defenses in this league, okay? Chris Jones didn't get him an O-line, so what the hell? Come on, like, what are you thinking about? So, okay, let's move around the league here, and let's find some other quarterbacks. J, uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Do I like Jeremiah Mazzoli? He's okay. He's doing better. He's very serviceable. Uh, the team, Hamilton Tiger Cats overall is a, a, a better-than-average team, and they're doing really well in the East. Trevor Harris, we have no idea what Trevor Harris is. Is he is he a quarterback or isn't he? Because he's some days he's he's amazing. Some days, man, why is he still on a team? Uh, yeah, really. Okay, we can do that. Uh, Matt Nichols, wow. <sighs> Deep sigh on Matt Nichols. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are an amazing team, and if they had a real quarterback, they'd be scary. They don't have a real quarterback, and so they're not that scary. Right now, we don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. Probably will, but we don't know for sure. Okay, they are one one win up on Edmonton and BC. So they're probably going to make the playoffs, but really they might not. And why it would be because their quarterback sucks. Okay. And uh, yeah, you can blame it on a lot of things, but let's face facts. That quarterback is serviceable at best. He was third string in Edmonton before he got traded or cut or released or whatever the hell. And yeah, who knows? I'm not even going to touch James Franklin. Uh, like I said, Mike Riley, amazing quarterback. Love him to bits. This guy makes is a playmaker. Okay, I, I promised Will I wouldn't take 15 minutes because then he started calling me Frank. Uh, we're five minutes into the show now, and I'm still going on it. Okay, here's my ticket. BC Lions this week defeated the Calgary Stampeders. Why? Because they put pressure on Bo Levi Mitchell. And Bo Levi Mitchell, when he gets pressure, folds like a cheap tent. The man, if he was in Edmonton, or Saskatchewan with their pathetic O-lines, he would have been released before Labor Day. This is not an amazing quarterback. I don't care what his stats say. I don't care what his win ratio is. That's not his. That's the team. The team is fucking amazing. And Calgary has dominated for the last decade. And now this year, and especially in the latter part of this year, A, he doesn't have a lot of receivers. Granted, I'll give him that. But his O-line is not doing their job. BC, like, pasted them. This weekend, put Mitchell under pressure, and Mitchell couldn't throw the ball or shit. He actually, I think he threw it to more BC D-backs than he did Calgary receivers, mind you. I think there are more D-backs on the BC team than there are receivers in Calgary. But seriously, do not put this man on a pedestal. He is not there. He is not worthy of it, okay? So, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys in the league I don't like. Mitchell's one of them. Nichols is another, Okay. But there's some amazing quarterbacks in this league, and they're not on promising teams. Ah, deep side. There's my rant. I'm not even going to touch Travis Lulee because I think the man's amazing, and he's he's really elevated the game of uh, a, a mediocre to better than average team into possibly a good playoff run. Definitely brought him back from the brink of extinction. And uh, so, yeah, I, I got a lot of kudos for this former MOP. There's my rant. And it's over. And it only took eight minutes. Well, seven and a half. I'm going to open up some mics here and bring some people in before I get myself in a lot of trouble here. Charles Cliff, welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing very well. It was a nice sunny day today and still kind Gorgeous. of on a high from beating the Stampeders on Friday. So I'm doing <laughs> quite that good. good. Are we it not was. excited about playing the Eskimos this weekend? Oh. I think we are. 
We are. We are very much excited. Yeah. Hey, we, we could yeah, actually so. be, be, be on this roll. I don't want to get too excited. I really don't. But it's uh, it's pretty pretty awesome feeling right now to be a BC Lion fan. At least there's some, yep. at least some good expectations as opposed to our normal last couple of decades. No, sorry, Friday since 2011. Fast enough. Cannot, cannot. It's going to be a good no. game. I, I, I'm, you're going to be at it. I'm really disappointed. I'm I thinking about driving be. down for it. I really am. I don't know if Drive I get down. away with it. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to get away with it. Okay. Uh, Carrying on, let's open up another mic here. We got uh, who we got? We got Mark. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Doing really good, really good. Uh, just having a great start to the week, considering how the Bombers did on the weekend. I'm still basking in that glow. Oh, uh, no lie, Todd. Todd Mogi, who one of our buddies here, he he was saying, "Oh man, I caught pneumonia at this game. I was freezing my nuts off. It was a terrible game." But hey, the Bombers won. I would have paid money to sit in the cold to watch the Riders get stomped by that, by any team in the league, okay? I don't care if it was the Bombers, the Lions, the Ticats. I would have sat outside in the cold to watch the Riders get handed their ass. It would have been money well spent. Yeah, it was, you know, I wasn't able to attend the game because I had to go to a wedding, but at least I got to watch it in some warmth, and I'm pretty sure they heard me over at the stadium. I know everybody in my condo area did. How'd you watch it at the game? Were you watching it on your phone or something? Or? Well, uh, no, I, the last 20 minutes of it was at the wedding, and the rest of it I just watched at home before I went. Oh, yeah, well, the last 20 yeah. minutes wasn't exciting. Exactly. Right? I mean, it was all over by then. It was just, are the riders going to score? That was it. it was, the game wasn't I was concerned about the riders scoring. I wanted the donuts. Yeah, I mean, even a rouge or something would have spoiled that one. They got yep. nothing. They got nada. How do you get blown out? At, shut out, blowout. I, I, you know, fifty-four to twelve is a blowout, but thirty-one nothing is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that was terrible. Okay, let's open up. Uh, Will McDonald, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing wonderful. I'm. I'm, I'm just. Hang I'm out. great. Why would I hang up? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm still trying to thaw out from Saturday's game, to be honest with you. Okay. It was a cold it was one, was it? On TV. It was, I... it was, it was, that's not the word for it. It was cold. I guess I'm getting old because it was cold. Oh, I, I should have, I should have flown out to Calgary for that game. Did, did you, did fact, you have people did, in your seats? I, uh, yep. And okay. they lasted till three minutes into the third quarter. Seriously? And they looked at me, and they looked at me, and they said, "We're going for Vietnamese food. Do you want to come?" And I said, "If you had said we're going for pizza, I probably would have come. But Vietnamese food, I'll sit here and freeze. Thank you." So, anyway, you should have said, so "Yeah, I I'll stayed. meet you there. Don't order till I get there." Right to the bitter end. And I was really excited because about halfway through the third quarter, somebody at the end of my row passed me an envelope from the Stampeders with my seat number on it. And I thought, okay, money? I'm going to get to participate into the in the 
jersey off the player's back game for the last game of the season, next ga- or last game of the season in Calgary next week. But it was a pin. It was a pin for having season tickets for 30 years. A 10? Okay? And it was like, oh, a, a pin. 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 A pin. pin. And it was like, wow, that's really anticlimactic. <laughs> so, yeah. and then I proceeded to sit and watch BC win a game. You know, BC's got to win some games in Calgary sometime. Okay? Calgary's first loss this year at home. That, at home. Yes, it was. BC almost beat them at home yeah. when I was there. Yeah, almost isn't as good as beating them. So I know, I know. You know we did it the second you know, time. So, second time's a charm. Considering, considering Saturday morning I was in downtown Calgary and I saw John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson on Labor Corner seeing if they could sign some of those guys as receivers. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, my best thing. I want to, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about CJ's quarterback choices. Okay. And, and, and I'm sure you guys are thinking I'm going to sit here and defend Bo Levi Mitchell right through and through. We're not even going to, we're not even going to talk about that game. We're not even going to talk about Bo Levi Mitchell. Let's talk about two other quarterbacks. Let's talk about one of CJ's favorite quarterbacks in the CFL currently. Mike Riley. And, and, and he said this numerous times. No, let's not talk about Mike Riley because that's Mike Riley is self-explanatory. Okay. okay. He's, he's, he's talk about he's Zach good, period. Zach yeah, Caleros isn't one of my about, favorite quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. I don't really like Zach him. Calero. Let's I don't really like about, him. Yeah, but you, you have said numerous times that you think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the CFL. I do. Okay. Okay. I do. And then, and then, one of can the we, other can things we talk about Darian Durant too? Because that would be a good topic. No, one of the, the one of the other things you're always saying is you're always cutting down Matt Nichols. No, I just don't okay. think he's, he's awesome. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's okay, just serviceable. So and, and they're doing let's the, talk service. Let's him. talk. Let's talk for a minute about okay. stats. Okay, no, stats don't count. The stats that. don't tell the, the, the total truth. Yes, the stats do tell the whole truth. No, they don't. They don't. Okay, let's yes, take yak do. yards out. Matt Nichols, Matt Nichols and Zach Kolaris are almost dead even for the entire career with stats. Okay. Dead even. Okay. Neither one of them, neither one of them has ever won a Grey Cup. Correct. Okay, and I I just don't see how how you can you think Zach Kolaris is that talented because I don't think he is. Uh, I've watched him; he's fucking amazing. He was absolutely he's amazing not, he, in Toronto, and he was amazing in 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 Hamilton when when Kent Austin bought the team that went to the Grey Cup two years in a row. Zach Kolaris was amazing. Right. Yeah, he only played Were on one of those teams. You not paying attention teams, so. in those years or what? He only played on one of those teams. Sorry, and if you want to take that one step further, uh, the quarterback on the opposing team that won the Great Cup that year was anybody going to guess? Bo Levi Mitchell. 
Well, he's okay. got to win one at least sometime, right? He was was playing against Hamilton. So, so I, I think your arguments stink. Okay, the only thing we will agree on is I is I think Mike Riley is in the is in my top five quarterbacks all time in the CFL. Yeah, he's he's in a different era. Well, Ricky Ray's up okay. there too, I think. No, I don't. I've never liked Ricky Ray. I've well, never liked Ricky Ray. Yeah, but you talk about about no, no. You talk about Anthony Calvillo and Bo Levi Mitchell standing behind their offensive line and throwing the ball. That's what Ricky Ray has done his entire career. He's a pocket passer. No argument. Okay, and he also He's a can't successful throw the ball one. past four. He also can't throw the ball past forty yards. Forty yards so, passes are just, pretty fucking amazing. Well, no, he's he's probably the most accurate quarterback of all time in the CFL. Absolutely, he's a okay. surgeon because he but, throws forty yard uh, passes. Well, but the way to get to Ricky Ray has always been you hit Ricky Ray, and then he's nothing. Yeah, you, you got to hit so, him. Okay. Right. He, he's a right. he's a master at getting the ball at quick release football. You have to in the pocket. And you know what? Bo Levi Mitchell, I will give him credit. He is a quick release quarterback and he gets rid of the ball. He doesn't have to. His O line is usually gives him enough time to set up a a lawn chair tent and a cooler. But lately they haven't been giving him the time and when he is pressured, he collapses like that cheap tent that he has back there. Well, yeah, and, but and I don't BC necessarily. I don't know. Yeah, BC beat Calgary once in fuck how many years? How long's uh, it been? It, it's been. It's. I can't even remember how long it's been. The last game I remember was the first game of the season three or four years ago. If you remember correctly, if, if, if I'm correct, it was 2015. Okay, yeah, and that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty accurate. Ex- we we beat them in the final game of the year, you know. But that's usually I'm not going to count that because that's not fair. That's that's a garbage game. Yeah, you didn't make the playoffs last year, did you? No. No, First we didn't. First time in 21 years. I, look, I'm not like I'm not defending the BC Lions and, and in any way, shape, or form. I'm giving my opinion of as a CFL fan of the quarterbacks throughout the CFL. I, I'm yeah. not holding my quarterbacks at BC Lions on any fucking pedestal and never will, okay, because I don't believe they deserve it. So don't be going with that on me. And the other argument against uh, Zach Kolaros, Saskatchewan's given up the least sacks on the CFL this year by a wide margin. That offensive line's actually been good. Yes, it has. That's the problem there. Anyways, we should get on. Yeah, we should get on. Before I say what I wanted to say, we should get on to the game so we can talk about some of that stuff. Okay, the least amount of sacks in the CFL this year have been Edmonton. Was it Edmonton versus Saskatchewan? They're second. That surprises me. Okay. Edmonton, Edmonton, really? Edmonton, at least. Yeah, because Mike Riley outruns the son of a bitches. He at least gets over the the, the yard scrimmage line. Hey, one of the things I was going to mention is on Saturday night, 
BC Calgary, I held my breath every single time Travis Lule went to run. Okay, and I was I was I was scared for him. Okay, I was scared for him, but luckily he went down on his own. And I think every yes. time he went down on his own, he hurt himself. Okay. No, no. Okay, uh, just for a second here, I got to correct myself because I do that from time to time. Uh, Mark, that stat I was looking at was defenses, so that's t- actual sacks by the defense. Edmonton is leading. Now that makes more sense. They're leading? No, they're not. Edmonton is leading in the most amount of sacks by a defense with 44. I thought Saskatchewan had that lead. No. No, no. Saskatchewan is no. Saskatchewan is in second with forty three. Well, okay. Okay. Sacks allowed. Saskatchewan is in the lead with twenty five. Calgary with twenty uh, twenty three. Sorry, with the, for the Riders twenty five for the Stamps. Here's one that will surprise the shit out of you. Toronto Argonauts are in third place in that category with twenty eight. Wow. Sacks allowed. Montreal is last with sixty, compared to the Riders twenty three. <laughs> sixty. 60. Wow. But that, you know, this is the problem with stats. Mark, that doesn't mean that Zach Caleros wasn't running all over the goddamn place for his life and throwing the ball so that he didn't get a sack. Right? True. That's the problem with stats. We look at the stat and it's a cold number. You look at the actual, look at pressures. Find out how many pressures there were on, on Zach Caleros in comparison to other quarterbacks. And I think you'd see a different number. That's I think you'd see true, a different yeah. ranking. Their O-line wasn't that good this year. It wasn't amazing by any stretch of the means. Zach Caleros was just being a talented quarterback. And unfortunately, it, the rest of the team sucked. And he can't, had nothing to do. Okay. Carry on. I, you know, I... I Whatever. You know, one thing that I want to say before we get into anything else, I want to give condolences out to the Paul Allen family. Uh, the owner of the Seattle Seahawks passed away at the age of 65. And uh, that kind of sucks, you know. Why do you expect that? You don't expect that to happen when you're a billionaire. That's true. Okay, so let's get uh, in and talk some football I don't think here, okay? You expect it anytime. <laughs> you no never idea. expect it. Yeah, let's talk some football here. Uh, the first game uh, in that week, what were we, week 19, week 18? This is right. We had the Hamilton Tiger Cats playing their final game of the season in Toronto, the Battle of the 401. And uh, I think Hamilton's won that three times this year. And this was no exception. Who wants to, t- who wants to go first? Throw Charles to the bus. Bus. Charles, go. I got thrown to the bus, huh? Okay, well, um, this was Did anybody game... watch this game? <laughs> I did watch some of it. This was I a did. game between a team that's going to the playoffs and a team that's not going to the playoffs. And this looked pretty... like a game of a team going to the playoffs and a team not going to the playoffs because Hamilton... They were there. They were playing. They were uh, uh, just working, working really good. And you know, it looked like almost a glorified practice because the Toronto <laughs> Argonauts really didn't care. You, they didn't give a damn. They were not going to go all out and risk injury and stuff like that. 
these guys are looking to end the season. They just want to get through the season without having a major injury. Um, this team is clearly not interested in the rest of this season. Um, there's a bunch of dissension in the ranks in Toronto, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But this is something that, um, I mean, it, there's not much to say about this because Hamilton, they're gearing up for a playoff run and maybe a, an attempted run at the Grey Cup. And the Argos are just running, I don't know, they're they're going through the motions. Um, it was a big game for, um, um, what's his name, Jeremiah Mazzoli. I mean, I say big game, but really it, it just wasn't, um, he didn't have a lot of competition in this game. It uh, it was just a game that, um, it, yeah, it was 34-20. to 20. They scored some points in garbage time, but this game was never, ever in question who was going to win this game. Yeah, I know it was 10-10 after the first quarter. The second and third quarters, you could tell that this Argos team didn't really give a damn. Uh, they mounted a little bit of a comeback. I mean, they brought in, of course, James Franklin got the start. He was okay at 292 yards, but it was all a bunch of passengers and stuff like that. The the Hamilton Tiger Cats were much, much more energized team in Toronto they quite frankly didn't seem to care, and uh, I'm guessing we're go- that's what we're going to see from Toronto for the rest of the season. It's sad to see a team that won the Grey Cup a year ago just go down like a sinking ship, but that's what's happening. They're looking like the Titanic. They're going to be in the bottom of the water pretty quickly. So uh, the good ship Argo is sinking. The good ship Argo is sinking. It must have hit an iceberg, or several. But uh, yeah, it was. There, it wasn't much to a game. It was one team that was basically having a glorified practice about uh, against a bunch of guys that want to just go home for this off season. That's, that okay. was how I thought. Mark. I know Will watched yeah. the game, so I'm going to get to you. Yeah. No, I watched most of this game too. Um, Charles is pretty much right on it. Uh, the only one really that showed up for Toronto, yeah, Franklin was good, but um, S.J. Green, he ended the day seven catches for 127 yards. Um, so he really came to play as usual. He always does. I feel so bad for the guy. He has stuck with them the last few years, and it's just been bad. I'm surprised he didn't get it at the deadline. Um, I kind of am too. Winnipeg I really thought tried. Calgary was going to make a shot at him. Winnipeg went after him hard. And apparently the asking price was just too much, and he didn't really want to leave. Okay. I guess he just likes it out east. But, yeah, no, this was – the score massively flatters the game. Uh, yeah, it was close in the first quarter. But Brandon Banks, once again, just blew – Toronto away. Uh, the refing didn't help when it was close, as was evidenced by um, the comment that Trestman made about uh, telling Bradbury that he was very lucky that he happened to be mic'd. Yeah, this so, was a mic'd up game. Love it. It was a mic'd up game, and mm-hmm. I've, that was the most emotion I've seen Trestman show, which is, you know, none. I mean, usually he doesn't even show that much. So. You know, the refing wasn't very good, but it was my 
that's not the reason Hamilton dominated. Again, Brandon Banks was turned into one of the top, I'd say, top three receivers in the CFL. And there isn't a single person on this podcast that would ever have thought that. He can turn a game every single time he catches the ball. Every Five, single time. Eight, eight catches, 178 yards. Longest was, or he had 52 yak yards. Average was 22.2 yards. Yeah, he gets that With ball if he's got two steps. If he got two steps on you, he's gone. And he made some nice little spin moves to make, to create space and get away from guys. So I'll give June Jones credit there. He's really turned the guy into a receiver. And well, a scary if, one. if you think about it for a second, he, he was an amazing kick returner. Okay? The problem yeah. with him as a kick returner was his team always took penalties. Mm-hmm. Okay? And now those he doesn't have that. Those, he doesn't have that problem now. He doesn't have that problem because when he's got the ball, he's already passed all of his players. There's no yeah. reason for them to take a penalty. <laughs> no, you know, it was obvious who was going to win this game. Hamilton, to me, is going to be in first place at the end of the season in the East. So, um, no surprise. Well, are they right now? No, I believe Ottawa still is, are they not? Or they're tied? They're They're tied. And uh, they're they're tied at 16 points, eight eight wins, seven losses each. Uh, Hamilton has more points for, but I don't know who, what the season series is between these two. Yeah, I don't go into the tiebreakers and that right now. Not until it's the last game of the season do I really care about that stuff. Right now, you look at the standings; they're tied. I do think they're going to be in first by the end of the season. Uh, they're definitely the class of the East. And I know it's not saying a ton. But you know they showed why they showed why they tied for first. So that's it. Go well, ahead, Will. Hamilton. Hamilton plays Ottawa next week. Yeah. The next two weeks. So those those are four point games, and there's two of them. They theoretically could be like walking away. Yep. Go ahead. Will. Yes. Well. I watched that whole game. Um, it was a football game, of course. Um, I was kind of hoping Toronto would show something. And as always, James Franklin showed something. In a game that doesn't mean anything, which is what he's been doing his entire career. Everybody keeps on saying he's the next one, he's the next one, and then he plays games that don't matter. And he looks great. And then when it comes right down to it, in real games, he doesn't look that hot. Um, I can't really say much about this. You know, speaking of uh, Brandon Banks, okay, Brandon Banks been in the CFL for six years. How come nobody realized he could be a good receiver up until two years ago? He has. He's basically has. Right now, he has two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons as a receiver. Like, nobody noticed that before? Did they just let him, you know, catch kick returns in practice? They didn't try him as a receiver? I just don't get it. But it seems a lot of times people miss things that guys are capable of doing because they probably don't give them a chance. Um, You know, Hamilton won. Hamilton will probably be in first place in the East um, unless 
unless uh, Mike Riley, Trevor Harris shows up. And then they could lose both those games. You don't know what's going to happen in the East. So, I mean, it was a good game. I enjoyed it, but it was a nothing game. I didn't enjoy it that much. That's really all I have to say about that game. It really didn't matter to me, just like it didn't seem to matter to some of the Toronto players. Yeah, see, the Argos, it didn't matter to them either. No, no. No, and as far as, you know, Mark, you mentioned the S.J. Green. You know, he's been in Toronto for two years, and he's got nothing. Well, in reality, he got a great cup ring out of it last year. So I guess that's probably good enough for him because that's what everybody is around for is to get the ring. So go ahead. What's going on? What do you mean what's going on? I don't know what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Did you fall asleep, Christopher, or what? No, I went up and got a glass of water. water. It's a glass glass of water. podcast type of thing. That, that that's what it says. Oh, okay. So did Will just finish? No. The water. Will was Will yes. was still talking. I just finished. Oh. Oh, okay. Cool. I just Very finished. Cool. Go ahead. Go ahead. Charles well, went. Hey. Charles Mark went. went. Mark you went. went. You I got, didn't watch the you game. You got to go. I didn't watch oh, the game. Okay. I didn't watch the game. Didn't interest me. I had so much else to do, and I just didn't watch the game. I was following it on, on my phone, uh, getting updates and stuff like that, and just going, hmm, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't surprise anybody. Okay, who's got our scores written down? Mark, Will, somebody? Who won this one? How close I've was got it? him here. Um, Chris had the game 38-18 for Hamilton, so he was out by six. That's pretty close. Will, uh, would it, Will had this Toronto 29-28, so he's out. Um, Charles had it 25-20, he's out by nine. Christopher, you had it 28-16, Hamilton, you're out by ten. I had it 32-19. I'm up by three. I Ooh. get the check mark. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> you want a brownie badge or the chest to pin it on? Uh, just send me some brownies. That's good. Oh, you want my brownies? <laughs> yes, I want your brownies. Send them on. Oh, okay. So we go in two days, buddy. Well, it, yeah, exactly. I can't mail it for two days. That's I right. can put it in the mail after that. <laughs> You know, currently, and I know this is off topic, and we have the legalization of marijuana happening in two days. You know, we currently have 15 laws on the books dealing with marijuana. When on the 17th, we will have 45. Mm -hmm. And I think there's 450 in Manitoba. Laws against cannabis. You know, if you're sitting around a campfire, you're 19 years old, and you're smoking a doobie, and you pass it to the buddy beside you there, and he takes a toke on it, and he's 18 years old, you are, you could get 14 years in prison. And in Manitoba, you also get a $3,000 fine. Because that's a good use of prison space. That's fucking ridiculous. Okay, Mm -hmm. moving on. Let's do another football game. What's the next one? Um... Well, not Our favorite game? game of the week. Yes, sir. Winnipeg versus Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan comes into Winnipeg to play the Bombers. And they're 
They're hot to trot. They're trying to catch Calgary Stampeders for first place because they truly believe that they are the team in the CFL. They are going to take catch Calgary for first place. They're going to dominate the Western Division playoffs, and they're going to take the Grey Cup. So they go in there into Winnipeg and fuck the dog. Shit the bad. Do whatever you want because it was a great game. Charles, take it away. Well, the great defense and offense and all the optimism uh, that the the Riders fans, and they were getting pretty yappy online like they normally do when they win a couple of games. That kind of came crashing down to earth on Saturday. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That that was embarrassing. Fun to watch, mind you. Very enjoyable to watch. To watch. But yeah, as really, long as you're not a Rider fan. Kind of, yeah, I don't think they enjoyed it too much, but I pretty much enjoyed it. I had no problem with it. Um, just uh, it was right from the get-go, right from the kickoff. It was a one-sided game right from the beginning. Um, Zach Caleros, well, I mean he he didn't have he didn't have a good game, but he didn't have a lot of time either because that Bombers defense. I think maybe had their best game of the season. And they've had some pretty good games, but they were all over the place being led by Adam Big Hill, who, if I'm picking, he would be my pick for um, uh, Defensive Player of the Year as it sits right now. Top of Charleston Hughes. Well, yeah, right. Well, in this game, um, Big Hill got over on him anyways. But um, Matt Nichols was certainly not spectacular, 10 of 18 for 155 yards and one touchdown. But he didn't have to be in this game uh, because um, the, the Rouge the, wouldn't want it. No kidding. With that, do, with that dominant defense, uh, you or I could have probably played quarterback and won that game. Uh, you know what the funniest part is? The most accurate passer for the Bombers on Saturday was Andrew Harris. He was one for one for a hundred a hundred percent accuracy. So go figure that out. But yet he had didn't have a huge game. The Bombers offensively were not great in this game. If you look at the stats, they didn't put up a whole lot of yardage. They put up um, if you look at the yardage there, um, they put up three forty six, which is a decent total. It's not a terrible total. But they didn't really have any sort of dominance in one area. Their best offensive player in the game, well, I'm guessing you could make a case for two guys. You could make a case for Darvin Adams, but he only had one catch for 72 yards and a touchdown, but that's a good game. Or Chris Strebler, who was three for five for 47 yards, one touchdown, but he did throw an interception. But the story in this game was the defense of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, without question. They were stifling. Literally. There's two numbers I'm going to throw out there. 69 and 59. What do those two numbers represent? That's the passing yardage for Zach Caleros and then Brandon Bridge. Neither one of them even hit 70 yards. And they both basically played a half. I think Caleros played the first series in the second half and then Bridge was in the rest of the time. They had nothing going. Their leading rusher for the Riders had a grand total of 50 yards. There was just nothing there. The, the Bombers' defense stifled them. Adam Big Hill, three tackles, or eight tackles, three quarterback sacks, 
one fourth fumble, just a monster game by him. I kind of get sad when I see the top two names on the Bombers' defensive stats being Adam Big Hill and then Anthony Gator, because they both used to play here in BC and they don't anymore. But, yeah, a dominating uh, performance um, by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And a loss like this at this time of year can shake a team. So let's see how the Saskatchewan Rough Riders um, respond to putting up a donut. Because sometimes a loss like that can, especially for a motivate. team that thought it was really going in, it can motivate them. It can also deflate them. So it could do uh, one of these things. So we're going to have to see very closely in their next game how they respond to that bl- to that blowout. Because it could go either way right now. <coughs> Yeah, that's that's good, it for me. Good analogy, Charles. Mm-hmm. Mark, follow that one up. I'm going to um, paraphrase one of our favorite podcast guys who's given their kicker, um, Brett Louther, a nickname. And it's going to be along the lines of what Charles said. Adam fucking Big Hill. I've never seen a guy with a motor like his. <laughs> really? He, he what well, the the ones one of the sacks he had, he came in on a blitz, a delayed blitz. He got tied up with two guys. He fought those two guys off and sprinted straight across the field. Hit I think it was Bridge, yeah. Pushed Bridge backwards, stopped, ran forwards again, and then tackled him. He ran. He took on two guys and then ran about 25, 30 yards to make a sack. It's just crazy, just how good he is. And Harrison, you don't have to tell us how good he is. We've been watching yeah. him for years, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I haven't been, had the chance to watch him this closely. He, he, he was actually our number two linebacker, okay? I know. He's, he wasn't yep. the better of the two. No. Nope. Oh, I know. And Nichols' stats are better than it looks on paper because he only played two quarters. So that is well above his average for this year at 150 yards. Yeah, that's well above his average. So he did have a good game in the first half, and he did what he needed to do, which is protect the football. Against a team like Saskatchewan where they get – a lot of points off the defense and a lot of points off special teams. If you don't turn the ball over and you do good kick coverage, you're going to beat Saskatchewan every single time. Their offense is junk. It's not bad. It's junk. Charles said it with the quarterback stats. Are you telling me in the fourth quarter, in garbage time, you can't get a rouge. They were the closest they got across the field was twice, and I think it was to the forty-three yard line. That was as close as they got all game. That wasn't just a dominating def- performance by the defense. That was our favorite word. That was a mollywop by the defense. <laughs> yep. It really, truly was. Um, <laughs> I know we're going to be talking about it later, but I guess Chris Jones was right. 
the Bombers are one of the best teams in the CFL all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. You know, Harris didn't play great in the first half, but again, he didn't need to. And Saskatchewan keys on him now. They put all the guys in the box, and Nichols burnt them. They started real good. Okay, let's get nine guys in the box. We're not letting Harris get near you. And he threw a perfect ball to Adams for that 72-yarder. And watching Dressler stretch all five foot six to make that catch in the end zone, I'm liking what I'm seeing going forward. It was just so much fun. And Charles, you're right. I'm, I'm loving former BC Lions. Anthony Gator, Adam Big Hill, Craig Rowe. It's quite entertaining. Oh, and Andrew Harris. You know, mm-hmm. with what a lot of players, consider, a lot of people consider garbage guys. Ah, you're picking them up off the scrap heap. No, 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 huge no, contributions. No, not about Big Hill, but yeah, you know, um, they're making. I never said that about Andrew Harris either. <laughs> well, we knew why he was coming here. Yeah, there was no doubt. Yeah. Lions fans can complain all they want about him, about BC not signing him. That was never going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. Annoyed with people complaining complaining about that. Yes. But picking up Rowan Gator was perfect. Rowe has gotten better every single game, to the point where Jeffco can't get back on the field. So, that's about it. Though it was entirely enjoyable to shut the Ryder fans up. If it's only for one week, I'll take it. Oh, you don't even shut them up for a whole week. <laughs> okay, you can't. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Go I ahead. mean, it's tough. It's tough to shut them up at all. Uh, Will, yeah. Winnipeg Blue Bombers handed well, the Riders a turkey. Well, I can thoroughly say I enjoyed that game, okay? As a matter of fact, I had a smile on my face all the way to the Calgary game after I watched that game. Um, you know what? I I don't think Adam Big Hill has been comfortable in Winnipeg up until the last two games. And in the last two games, you have seen more of Adam Big Hill than you've seen all year, in my mind. I notice him more. He's doing more stuff. So I think he's he's comfortable with Winnipeg's defense, and he's starting to do what Adam Big Hill does best, and that's just play football, and he reacts, and he does all that kind of stuff. He doesn't seem to be thinking, which I think he's done in the big part of the first beginning of the season. He played, he played great, and I think he's only going to get better as the season goes on. The one guy you guys did not talk about, and he is the guy who, in my mind, has disappeared since he hit uh, hit uh, Manny Arsenault two years ago. Okay, Taylor oh. Loeffler. He had, he had two picks. He had two picks on Saturday, and he had a couple of great hits. And I noticed him for the first time in almost two years. So, and the picks he got, he was right there. Okay, he stepped into everything. My my question with Saskatchewan goes this way. 
It goes to character. Most teams in the CFL, you take the Calgarys, you take the Edmontons, even BC, Winnipeg. If you if you're down by 31 points after the first half, I would expect you to come out in the second half and try and fight back a little bit. There didn't or at seem least to be fight. any fight. That's right. There didn't seem to be any fight in Saskatchewan None. at all. It was a zero zero second half, which is really odd when a team goes up by 31 points. But I don't think. Obviously, it showed Saskatchewan's offense is not that good. And their defense can be crappy on any given day. And I don't think uh, Saskatchewan's that good. And, I mean, I, I don't know if I should be really happy about them losing to Winnipeg because they're coming to Calgary next week. And uh, I... I I don't know. They didn't show me and fight back in the second half against Winnipeg, and Winnipeg is their arch rival. So let's see how well they do for the rest of the year. Um, I was very disappointed in my comments on Facebook about donuts, how I didn't get more reaction from people. But I was thinking maybe Saskatchewan fans probably said to themselves, well, why is he talking about donuts on a football website? I don't Timmy. think they probably got it. Timmy Ron. I don't think they got it. I don't think they got it. So rider fan. Anyways, that's all I have to say. I, I loved Winnipeg beating Saskatchewan because it shut some people up for a while. And uh yeah. It's not so. often in a football game that you get to shut out your opponent. It does not happen no. often. It is the no. only time the season <laughs> that it's hard happened. to do. It's very hard to do because, you know, at, at, at the very best, you give up a rouge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For, and and especially, you're up 31 to zero, you'll give up the rouge to take field position. You do it in a heartbeat. They didn't have to. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. I, 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 I'm embarrassed for it, Saskatchewan. I really am. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a great. I love that gangster picture, right? Eh? You know the one I'm talking about? The guy in the car? Oh, it, yeah. It, it, it's it keeps a good getting day. put up. It, it, riders lose. Today was a good day. When he's in the convertible driving around. I love it. Okay. Mark, pick the numbers. Okay, well, Chris took Saskatchewan, so he's out. Ha, 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 ha. CJ, you took Saskatchewan, so you're out. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Charles took Saskatchewan, he's out. No, he didn't. Oh, didn't no, he? he oh, didn't. I, thought every, I thought everybody Charles took Saskatchewan took Winnipeg. except for Mark. No. I took the no, Will. Will okay. took Winnipeg 24-16, so he's out by 23. <laughs> <laughs> I took Winnipeg 28-17, so I was close on the Winnipeg side, but I'm out by 20. Charles took it 32-17, so he's only out by one on the Winnipeg side, and so he takes it with 
18. Oh, <laughs> Charles, you pull, pull ahead you of me in the race. For me. <laughs> you pull, you, uh, the other thing I was going to say. Pull ahead? <laughs> Will, you are right about Loeffler, and the funny thing is, uh, Loeffler had, I think it was 47 yards in interception returns, which would have put him as the number one receiver in Saskatchewan on that game. Yep. <laughs> he was. We would have been second in catches and first in yardage. I I heard rumors that if the trade line hadn't trade deadline hadn't happened, Calgary was going to try and trade for Loeffler as a receiver. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Okay. So, um, did you guys what? Do you guys look at all the posts that are uh, that go up on Let's Talk CFL? I try to. Did you see the one with the the U.S. U.S. College game where they had all the dancing T Rexes? Yeah. Yep. I was, I was I'm thinking sorry. about you and Will when I saw that. That was hilarious. Well, your buddy that cuts the grass, doesn't he cut the grass in a dinosaur outfit or something? Oh, Neil Kroll. Yes. Yeah. He has on occasion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He used to have a Let's Talk CFL sticker on his lawnmower, right? I don't know if that's still there or not. I haven't seen him. Seen anything from him in a long time. Anyhow, yes, the T-Rex. It I, always reminds me of Neil when I see that. But the day, can you imagine like 100 dancing T-Rexes in, 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 at halftime? I mean, we should, we, we should demand this. Neil, would you take the lead on this one for us and see if you can get that to happening at the uh, – no, nah, never mind. Never mind. I think it would be wonderful. It would be awesome. Okay, next game up. What's our next game up? Ottawa Red Blacks go into Edmonton. Which Trevor Harris are we going to see tonight? Oh, we're not going to see Trevor Harris? Oh, he is dressed. He is playing on the field, but he seems to be strangely missing. Charles, go ahead. Yeah, it. Um, this one was uh, one of those ones... Um... I was pulling for, um, obviously pulling for Ottawa to go in there and get a win out of um, Edmonton. It just wasn't meant to be. You had to know that eventually the Eskimos, I don't know, I'm not sure they're going to do it repeatedly. Eventually the Eskimos were going to have a game go their way. And eventually um, Mike Riley was going to be able to put the team on his back um, in a game um, and just kind of will them to the victory. And I think that's kind of what happened here. Um, even though it wasn't a super close game or anything like that, um, Mike Riley was the driving force in that game for the Eskimos. Um, I don't think he can do that um, every game because, quite frankly, I still think he's got some nagging injuries that's bothering him. But for one game, he kind of put it, gave it his all and kind of um, – Get, took the um, took the bull by the horns and got the win for the Eskimos. Uh, Trevor Harris, we always talk about good Trevor Harris and bad Trevor Harris. Well, 
this Trevor Harris didn't really uh, do much for me in this game. Um, they were having some problems there. They should have been better than they were, uh, especially against that secondary, which I still think is not a very good secondary uh, in Edmonton. They made them look good in this one, and the Eskimos just didn't um, didn't have or the the. Um, the Red Blacks just didn't have it. They were they kept it close for a while, and then they pulled a no-show in the second half. Um, they just got nothing going in the second half. They couldn't put up any points. And the Eskimos, um, like I said, Mike Riley, he put the team on his back. 369, only one touchdown, but he led them down there. He got a good running game out of C.J. Gable. This Bryant Mitchell had a massive game. 190 yards uh, on 13 catches and a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, this was a big game for uh, Edmonton. And Edmonton desperately needed a game like this because they, they were sinking like a stone. Um, they've still got a lot of work to do to make the playoffs. The, 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 really, in fact, even with this win, uh, their prospects of making the playoffs are not very good. The the um, it's kind of out of their hands at the moment because well we'll talk about the playoff scenarios but um, they needed this win because they'd pretty much be dead in the water had they lost this one anyways especially with BC beating Calgary the way they did um, so they really needed this one they got this one uh, again like I said on the back of Mike Riley so a, a huge second half for the uh, um, Red Blacks excuse me, for the Eskimos and the Red Blacks, just um, they made the uh, Eskimos defense look good in the second half. They really did. Um, that uh, I still don't think they're a very good defense, but they could not generate anything. Uh, while Mike Riley and the uh, offense put up the, the 20 points in the second half, and there was a the difference. If the um, Red Blacks offense could have put together the same uh, kind of play that they played in the first half, they'd probably win the game, but... They just came out and vanished in the second half. And you could say that maybe it was partly um, uh, the Edmonton defense. I don't want to take everything away from them because I'm sure I can't say that they had no credit. But quite frankly, they made it look good. They they made some stupid plays. Uh, some, they missed some receivers. And it just fell apart in the second half for the Red Blacks. Ba-boom. That's about it. Yeah, Will. Yes. Um, I uh, didn't see much of this game because I was on my way to the Calgary-BC game, so I can't really comment. But I kind of figured Edmonton would win. But, you know, Mike Riley. Mike Riley. It's hard to bet against him. That's all I can say. I can't comment on the game because I did not get a chance to watch it either. Oh, yeah. here's, here, here's a Todd Mogi quote. Uh-oh. Without Riley next year, Edmonton will be the Montreal of the West. <laughs> That's pretty scary. Probably true. Well, if they have the same defense, they might be. Yeah. Mark, go ahead. Well, I can be real quick because I was in the middle of a wedding at this point at the, for this game, so i just going off the highlights and the stats. Obviously, Edmonton 
or Riley anyway, got himself back on track. And really that was the difference in the game. And it's Ottawa with Trevor Harris. You know, CJ, you make comments about... Um, which one shows up? Yeah, well, which one shows up and about how... Nichols isn't a good quarterback at all, and, you know, he's mediocre, he's good, he's okay. Well, Trevor Harris, yeah, he can throw for 500 yards, but he can't win a football game when he desperately needs to. I never gave him any elite status. Harris is just, from what I've seen, the highlights and the stats and that, again, he's lots of yards in the 30s. That's why their field goal kicker is setting records. You know, they just, he has a hard time putting a full game together and it bit him. You know, nothing in the second half. Not a single point again in the second half. Edmonton just pulled away. Riley showed that he's not done yet. Which is what he, he needed a bounce back game, probably the worst of anybody. Oh yeah, and he said he was going to do it. Yeah, He said, you know, you don't throw away a year and a half of preparation for 11 quarters of football. We've played 11 bad quarters of football. We're not changing the playbook because of that. And he's right. And he, yeah, and he proved he's still one of the best in the game. So. I'd just like to say, though, that I'm happy that uh, Mike Riley had his bounce-back game last week, so he didn't have it this week. Just yeah, this week. Yeah, just say yeah. But yet another, and then one of the highlights I saw, yet another headshot to Riley, not called. The guy uh, needs to lay. He needs to pull a Matt Nichols. He's yeah. What fall down? Fall down. Act, throw an acting job in there. That's the only mm-hmm. way they're ever going to call a rough in the passer on him. He's too tough. Yeah. Yeah, and. Once again, I I personally think Saskatchewan should be on a two-game losing streak because I'm sorry, they won that the was game a roughing on the passer call. That was a roughing the passer call. I watched it a hundred times. Yep. And and they hit him right in the face, and nobody called anything. It was ridiculous. Every game, every game, he takes at least one roughing the passer, whether it's a helmet shot or a laid hit. He takes at least one. He hits the ground. You see his face going, oh, God. And then he gets up. He doesn't go to the ref and say, uh, hi, remember me? He doesn't flop. And because of that, they just don't call penalties when he gets hit. You virtually never see him getting roughing the passer penalties. And he's this was another blatant headshot. That's about it. Yeah. The one thing about this uh, this game, where was the shining point for the Ottawa Red Blacks? Kicker again. Kicker. Kicker. 40 straight fifth goals. TSN spelled field wrong. Yeah, on on, on national TV. Apparently, they have not figured out what spell check is. You you would think 
that they would have that kind of teleprompter thing set up for, for like a spell check of some kind or another, but I guess not. Okay. Uh, I was kind of hoping I mean, to, hey, 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 to win this hey. game, but hey. What's this guy's name? Ward? Max Ward? Or no. That was the airline guy. Just call him the security guard. The security guard. That's right. It was kind of funny because I said that about him. He was a security guard last year at the Red Blacks games. And the guy, and somebody yep. barked at me and said, oh, you know, he, he was a kicker in, in like junior football or, or for some university. And I said, well, fuck, yeah. The guy doesn't just walk onto the field and start kicking field goals 40 straight without any any type of training at all, okay? This was just, just some guy that just... Last year, he was a security guard. That's the truth. Absolutely. So, and the truth is, is he really a football player? Because he's a kicker. Oh, did I say that? Whoops, sorry. You know, I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I said, you know, if I if I was going to let my kid play football, I would want him to be a kicker. They don't get hurt. They take the least amount of hits. Yeah, very rare do they ever get And if they get hit, it's their own fault because they're doing something stupid. Yeah, but. He's not a real football player if he doesn't get hit. Sorry. Oh, well. You know, I mean, I'd like to get some um, of the, the pay, the NFL paychecks that some of the uh, non-football players get down there. Yeah, I'm good with that too. I could say something. Um, I'm going to say it, and you guys can fill in the blank. The kicking position in any football league is the only position that is not dominated by a black man. No, 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 no. You cannot do that. (laughs) Yes, I just did. No, It does not matter if you don't say what you're thinking. I just did. I just did. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Because I'm thinking... No, parents don't. Uh, parents don't. No, parents don't point their kids in the direction to be kickers. Okay, <laughs> it's that simple. But it's the truth. Come on, I'm just telling the truth here. Okay. <laughs> as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, no! I think. Mark. No, no. I think. I think where sport. we're gonna find. <laughs> Where we're going to find women playing football professionally is they will start out as kickers. Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a heartbeat. No. No way. Okay. They cannot. Okay. There's no way. That, I mean, that, that one chick that kicked the football, do you remember that thing where she pounded it into the upper deck? Uh, that, that's an anomaly. And you know what? Hey, no, not going to happen. Okay, Mark, go ahead. The final score in this game was uh, 34-16 for the Edmonton Eskimos over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Who won? Who didn't? Who picked Ottawa? Will? Uh, well, we have Will, myself, and CJ all took Ottawa, so we're out. 
Well, that was wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. Chris took it 38-18, so he's out by 15. And Charles took it, where is he here? H- hang on, he was out by, hang on, what did, what did Chris pick? 38? Oh, no, sorry, wrong score, 28-25, sorry. Okay. He took a 28-25, I had the wrong score. So he's out by 15. 38-15, he was out by 5. Yeah. No, it was 28-25. He he's out by 15. Charles had it 21-17, so he's out by 14. Charles gets two check marks on the week. Two in a row. Oh, my God. That, that puts me in the basement for sure now. He's on a hot streak. My goodness. Gonna have to mark this down this day down here. I'm gonna. <laughs> I've barely hey. won anything all year, and now I win two in a row. Two in one week. Yeah, like what's going on here? Yeah. Hey, I, I got a question. Who won this 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 thing last year? Was it you, Mark? No, it was Mark, wasn't it? No, it was, was Chris. Um, it was Rhonda. It was either Rhonda or. Oh, that's right. Brendan or Brendan. No, it was Rhonda. Yeah. Hey, but okay. what, right. what the hell happened to this trophy that you were building, Will? Did everybody forget um, about that? Uh, yeah, no, I did until me, now, actually. In, sorry, I'll just put it out there. In order for me to send something to somebody, I have to like them, okay? Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> Pretty simple. I'm just I'm I'm all about the, I'm all about the truth tonight, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I I can't argue with that. I I simply cannot argue with that. Okay. So, we're going to play Jeopardy here. Name a choking hazard. Anybody beeping in? What is the, the Calgary Stampeders? <laughs> Actually, I don't think Calgary choked in in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not gonna. No. I'm not playing that game. I don't think they choked. They played a good game of football. They were just outclassed. Okay. So um, last game of the week. Had the BC Lions traveling to Calgary to play the Stampeders in a very chilly McMahon Stadium. And uh, Will will attest to the coldness that was going on in that stadium at that time. Will, go ahead. You take it away. You were there at the live of the game. Tell us everything about it. Tell us how wonderful a football game this really was. Um, you know what? I, maybe, maybe it's because I'm a football fan. Okay, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I thought it was a well-played game. It was a good game of football. Uh, okay, it was competitive. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the home team. Okay, which you know, I mean, they still they still had a chance to win it right down to the very end, but I mean. They have a, and here's my thought on Calgary. Um, I I thought they had a chance to win the Grey Cup this year, and I think it's slowly slipping away because they have an anemic running game, 
They've got running backs that are not the typical Calgary running backs. They're fleet of foot, and they they're 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 zippy kind of running backs, which I thought was going to be interesting at the beginning of the year, and I thought it really didn't matter that much. But then when you lose every major receiver to an injury, yeah, you got some problems. And I, uh, I, I don't know about Calgary. I really don't know about Calgary. Um, I, I think, and and Christopher is going to laugh at this, but I think if they're going to win anything this year, it's got to be put on the shoulders of Bo Levi Mitchell, and he's got to he's got to show who he really is, and he's got to carry this team and. I don't know if he's capable of doing that if he doesn't have a good old line and if he doesn't have decent receivers. Well, Eric but, Rogers, Chris Matthews, and Bakari Grant are considered pretty good receivers. Okay, absolutely, I will agree with you 100. percent And they and, are my and one of the thing one of the things that most people probably wouldn't know if they were a Calgary fan if they weren't a Calgary fan is <coughs> two years ago when Bakari Grant was in Calgary, um, Kamar Jordan couldn't get into the lineup because Bakari Grant was better than he was. And the only reason he got into the lineup that year was because Bakari Grant was hurt for eight games. Yep. And and then the next year came along and Bakari, or sorry, Kamar Jordan had stepped his game up that much and they say he stepped his game up because of the competition he had with Bakari Grant and they just decided not to sign Bakari Grant again and here we are a year later and look how things change and I hope Bakari Grant comes in and makes a difference but I mean they did say today they've signed him to the practice roster so we don't know if Bakari Grant has been sitting around eating donuts this whole season well, and is he in good shape or not? So I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, they said the same thing about Chris Matthews that they initially that they had signed him to the practice roster. That's right. Correct. And and one of Willie's one of Willie's saving graces right now is is that you have to practice and you have to get chemistry with receivers. And I'm hoping that's what happens in the next three or four weeks. Um, because none of the Calgary starters are coming back. It's, they're done. They're done for the mm-hmm. year. So the various Daniels and Kamar Jordan are both done. Market Michelle, he's done. Okay, so they got to go with what they got, and we'll see what happens. Eric um, Rogers is no but, slouch. Uh, Chris Matthews is no slouch. No, Eric, Roger, Eric Rogers is no slouch, but Eric Rogers has been hurt for uh, nine weeks. Okay, and did they bring him back too soon because they didn't have a choice? Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not, by no stretch of the imagination, am I <coughs> counting the Calgary Stampeders out, but the people who have to step up are the Calgary defense because I've heard nothing but great things about them. And if I'm correct, and I don't know if I am, Charles or Christopher, you could correct me on this, I don't think they got a sack on uh, Travis Lule. I was just reading Saturday. that they did. They did. They, there they was did. one. QB I think they got at least Calgary. one. Yeah, BC got two. Calgary got one. 
Okay, so they also got a force fumble. Cal- that's not the Calgary team I know. Um, they let they let Travis Lule run two or three times. I mean, the guy is Twice. crippled. He shouldn't be able to run. Okay, and I mean, he fell down before they got to him. Let's put it that way. So he, I was not he ran twice Cal- for a total of sixteen yards. Yeah. Okay, so I I was not impressed with Calgary's defense. I was not impressed with Bo Levi Mitchell, um, and I give Bo Levi Mitchell a bit of a a pass because he's got very unfamiliar receivers in there. Um, I think him and Chris Matthews will have something going eventually, but uh, you know, and and of course. You know what? And, and the neat, neatest thing is you talk about sacks. Sean Lemon got a sack on oh, did he by ever? Mitchell. Yes, he did. And 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 that's a that's a competition between those two guys because those two guys are best buddies, and they're always talking back and forth. And he he was on he was on Bo's podcast when when he was still in Toronto, and they were, and he and there's a huge competition between the two of them. So I'm sure he was happy as a pig and shit on Saturday night because he got a sack on Bo Levi. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know what, BC, and I've said this all year, and you guys can go back, and I've said this year that BC is not as bad as people think they are. And uh, they showed it the other night. They showed it the game Christopher was in town to watch Calgary and BC play. Um, yeah. And I was going to mention, I don't know if they showed this on TV or not, before the game, they did they did honor Wally before the game, okay? I think that's a pretty classy organization to honor a opposing team's coach before a big game like that. I they, had a whole video, they had a whole video thing, and he got a standing ovation, and and Wally's definitely gained a few pounds and... and and has a lot more gray hair than he used to have when he was in Calgary. Okay, he's earned but those gray hairs. But 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 don't we all? Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. I still don't think to this day. I still to this day I don't think Wally should have ever been at a Calgary. I thought he should have been a lifetime guy. But and he would have been. Happened, if you right? didn't have idiots yeah, for owners. Been. That's true. It was more important for the uh, owner's son to play quarterback. Yes, that's exactly right. And I mean, and you think about it, and and there was articles before the game, and John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson both said that they learned so many things from Wally. It wasn't funny. Oh yeah. And 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 you look at the Calgary organization, and it's pretty solid. And the two guys running it are pretty solid guys, and they're both Wally students. So, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Mark, talk about this football game. Um, I really can't comment on this one at all because, like I say, I was at that wedding, so I barely saw any of this. Although I will say that Calgary was due for one of the a step back with all the injuries they've had to their starting receivers. It was Chris Matthews' first game. He did get a couple of catches for three catches and a touchdown. Um, So he at least did contribute. But with all these new guys they have, it is going to take a couple of games for 
Mitchell to get in sync with them. It shouldn't take too long with Bakari Grant as long as he's in close to game shape. Um, and Mitchell has said that he wants to play the rest of the season no matter what. He needs. He, he even said he needs to get some familiarity with these guys, and I think that's really important. Going forward, they, they still could make some noise in the playoffs, but it's going to be a lot harder now. I don't think they could handle even one more injury at this point. Really, that's all I could say about it. Like I said, I didn't see any of this game at all. Okay. Go ahead. Charles. Charles, Charles, Charles. Can you imagine what that team would be like if Bolivar Mitchell went down with an injury with that receiving core? Good Lord. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I was ecstatic on on Saturday night, as to be expected, being a Lions fan, because, quite frankly, we don't we don't win in Calgary very often. It's actually a very rare occurrence. No one so does. So to go in there and get a pardon, nobody does. It's the first nobody time does. the Stamps have lost in Calgary this week this year. So to go in there and get a win when they really needed it, it was just so fulfilling. And to see this team. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to insult Jonathan Jennings. This team is a different team. This team is a better team when Travis Lule is quarterback. I'm sorry. That's not. I'm not trying to insult Jonathan Jennings at all. It, it's just a fact. I'm sorry. It is. Um, and I don't think. And I'm not even saying that um, Travis Lule had a spectacular game because he didn't. His numbers were okay, but they weren't spectacular. But what I am saying is that the team just seems to have a whole lot more confidence when he is behind center. Yeah, and I'm well aware that they won five or six, and some of those games were with Jennings. That doesn't mean they have no confidence when Jennings plays, but I think that the Lions are playing at their highest level when Travis Lule is playing quarterback. What can I say about the BC Lions defense? Um... I'm sorry, there's a lot of people that still say that the Lions defense are pretenders, that they're not very good, that they're, that they're, um, um, you know, they're, they're getting lucky, they're, they're not beating great. I'm sorry, whatever you're saying there, that's a bunch of crap. The BC Lions have a very, very good defense, and if you're, you're, uh, saying that's not true, you're just quite frankly in denial. This Let's team just go look just at the stats. Down, look at the stats, exactly. Completely look at the stats. This team completely shut down the Calgary Stampeders in the second half. Um, the Stampeders had a grand total of 15 total yards in the third quarter. So th- this team, they made the adjustments at halftime, and that's actually something that the Lions defense has actually been very good at. They've had a lot of good um, second halves this year where they maybe uh, are off to a slow start, but once you get to the second half, that's where it um that's where they've taken over and they've done it quite a few times this year. And it's very impressive, I think, for the Lions. So I would say that's um very, very um um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh very, very impressive. This team is the the I cannot discount the um the um um, addition that Sean Lemon has done to this team, 
he is um, becoming one of the leaders on that defense. Well, he is one of the leaders with that defense. Odell Willis, a lot of people said, well, this guy's over the hill um, uh, when the Lions signed him. But if you look at the stats, he's got excellent stats this week, this year. And uh, he's not playing like a quarterback that's over the hill. He, or, uh, excuse me, a, a lineman or linebacker lineman that's over the hill. Um, he's playing very good football. And Ty Long, 52-yard field goal, outstanding, great punting. The Lions really in this game did not have a lot of weaknesses. They played extremely well in all facets of the ball with maybe the exception of their kick return team, which, again, they took Chris Rainey out. I, I still don't know why. I know he's, there's been some friction back and forth. He hasn't had a spectacular year, but he still gives you the best, um, best um, chance at getting good returns. He gives you the best field positions, especially when Ricky Collins is fumbling balls. That's not exactly... Uh, what you need there. But, um, yeah, I was extremely happy with the Lions' performance on Saturday night. Uh, I think any Lions fan probably would be. One of the things I was happiest about on Saturday night, to be honest, this might seem like a trivial thing, but it actually, I I really liked it, um, that I was actually at a bar on Saturday night. You? Saturday night. Pardon? You? You were at a bar? Yes. Yes, I was. But okay. it's Saturday night, which is hockey night in Canada night, but the Lions-Calgary game is on the big overhead screen there, not hockey, which I really liked, which you don't see in a lot of bars. In fact, someone made a post about that just the other day, that they were in a bar and couldn't find uh, a bar to play the game. But the bar I was at uh, had it up, not only played the game, but had it up on the big screen, which I really liked. Um, but, yeah, uh, a fantastic performance by the Lions, I thought. I thought they were really... I was quite encouraged by it. And um, who would have thought that with two, three weeks left in the season, the BC Lions, were, who would have thought eight weeks ago that the BC Lions could clinch a playoff spot with two weeks to spare? Eight weeks ago. No one would have thought that. But here no, we but are. They've, sitting, won, they've won five of the last six games. It, That's pretty yeah, well, impressive. They're the hottest team in the CFL right now if you're going just strictly by win-loss record. Yeah, well, so, too many yeah. people are saying Winnipeg is. Well, not not according to win-loss weather. You could make the argument, I guess, based on play, but if you're looking strictly at win-loss record, it's actually BC. But, you know, that's just an argument that people like to make now and then. So, just yeah, good fans. game, and uh, looking forward to the big showdown with Edmonton on Friday. Actually, I made a mistake there. It's not Bomber fans. It's CFL fans in general. Everybody dis- disregards the BC Lions. Okay, so this game here, I watched the entire game uh, on my iPad as I'm walking all over the place. Uh, I, I, was, I was impressed with the BC Lions play. I was not unimpressed with the Calgary Stampeders play. They played. It was a good game of football. I enjoyed watching it. I, I did not believe that BC Lions were actually going to win, even coming down to the last minute. But, uh, you know, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by it. I, I really thought Calgary was going to pull it off at the end and, and do that, and uh, so be it. I mean, it was a – I don't know. It was just a, it was a good game of football. I, 
Wow. There was something I wanted to say here, and I may remember it, but uh, we'll go on to other things. What did I want to say about that? My daughter's got me distracted here. Okay, so let's move on, talk football. That's about it. Okay. Mark, do you want me to do this? Yep. Uh, Well, myself, Chris, and Will all took Calgary, so we're out. So it's up to the two homers. Um, Charles took it 31-28, so he's out by 12. And CJ, you took it 28-26. Damn close, you're out by 7. Did I win? I won? You won. So are, are you've got the you've got the the total results there. Are we like tied or is Charles ahead? Yep, we're tied. You are I think tied. 10-10. Yeah. Yeah. I'm up by one on Chris, I believe. Wow! Awesome! 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 Oh, okay. Here's here's what I wanted to talk about. Um, Will, I know you said that your the Calgary Stampeders are not looking as invincible as what you once thought. At the beginning of the season, I remember you ranting around and saying that Calgary was actually going to go 18-0 and 0 this season. And we know that's not possible with three losses. So, um, but you're, you're very... I say that, but I say that every year. Yeah, I know. Uh, you just seem a little disillusioned with your team right now. I will tell you right now, the Calgary Stampeders are the most dangerous team in the CFL. They are the team that scares me the most because at this point in time, they are not expected to do anything. They really are not expected to win the Grey Cup. They're not even expected to get to the Grey Cup. Uh, yes, I know all the, all the computer generations are saying that they, they're going to do all of those things, but they, that's based on a lot of stupid things. Um, but, yeah, I really – I I am most afraid of the Calgary Stampeders come playoff here because they have the most to play for at this point in time. And yes, this is where Bo Levi Mitchell needs to put up or shut up because I, I've got something floating around on one of my signs here that says he wants to be remembered as the most dominant player that ever played in the CFL. So, you know, put up or shut up. Show us domination when your team is not at the ultimate level of peakness. Okay? Bo knows. Okay, uh, and understand something. I said the things I said tonight because, you know what? They have not impressed me that much at all this year, period. And which is not necessarily a bad thing because I think if Calgary has lacked anything in the last two years and the reason they haven't won the Grey Cup is because they don't have in what Will's infinite wisdom he calls kicked in the nuts experience, okay? And when I say that, it's controversy during the season when you have injuries and and you're here and you're there and you have to come back from these things. And I think Calgary is getting that this year. I just don't know if they have enough guys in the room to uh, make it work. And, sorry, the worst thing about Saturday night was Anthony Parker 
getting a kick return touchdown, okay? That torqued me to no end. Because <laughs> if wow. you understand, Anthony Parker was with Calgary, and they got rid of him because he's getting old and long in the tooth. And uh, they let him score a touchdown. So, and and even though you guys don't hear me say it much on this podcast, <coughs> I'm probably more critical of Calgary than any other team in the CFL, to be honest with you. Well, you should be. I, well, no, but you I like... You more critical about your own team. No, no, I like perfection, and no team ever lives up to my perfection. How does that sound? So there you go. Don't worry, I haven't given up on them yet. I'm still, I'm still, uh, you know, keeping in touch with people in case I need Grey Cup tickets in November. So there you go. Go ahead. Okay. Awesome. And I won this one. I'm so excited. Yay, 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 yay. Okay. Um, let's move on. What do you guys want to do now? We That that was a long time. An hour and a half to do that. Well, short of my big rant. But, um, yeah, it took us a long time. We enjoyed this game. This was a good game of football. We're coming down to the wire. This every game is important right now, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh and that's kind of good because I really looked at uh, our agenda for the night and rest of the night, and there's really not much on there. So uh, I think we can rattle through most of this and kill some time. And worst thing, and what we can do uh, if we don't is we can go in and play with some power rankings because right now power rankings are kind of important. Not important. They're just uh, a little more obvious. Okay, do we have dissension in Cowtown? Not Cowtown, sorry, in uh, the big smoke Calgary Stampeders. All right, so why do I do this? Toronto Argonauts. Arash Madani. As I told Sports Cage tonight, the expectations is that one of Tressman or Pop won't be back with the Argos in 2019. There has been major friction with MLSE and the Argos top football brass. Depending on how the offseason shakes down, both could be gone. Okay? Now, Arash Madani talking on Rod Peterson's show about football in Toronto. Who puts any credence to this comment at all? Anybody? Anybody? I don't put credence into what he says about BC, never mind Toronto. Anybody? Arash Madani, the only way that this comment could have been more ridiculous is if Gary Lawson had said it. Lawless. Sorry, Gary Lawless. And he's not even following CFL anymore. Isn't he the communications guy for the Las Vegas hockey team? Vegas Golden Knights, yep. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, he's somewhere down there. How he got that job, I'll have no idea. Uh, Anyhow... So, do you think that there's problems in Toronto in the Argonauts organization right now? Is there problems with MLSE? They expect they expect performance? No, they don't because look it. They got the Raptors, they got the Maple Leafs, they got the 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 Blue Jays, they've got all these teams that they own and they're doing fuck all with. So why do they expect the the Argos to win? 
Why is, are all of a sudden they're yelling and screaming because the Argos aren't winning? Uh, no, I'm not going to buy that. In fact, what's, what's that soccer team name? What are they called? They're, they're, they're losers, too. They're out. Toronto FC? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, wrong. They eh, can't eh, win I, either. They can't win either. So, yeah, there's no way that there's major friction. If there's major friction in there, it, it's, it's fictitious. Okay? Do I think that Pop and Tressman will be back with the Argos in 2019? Only an idiot would fire Mark Tressman. But Jim Pop? Yeah, I have no problems. I, it, actually, I called Todd on this one because Todd said that Jim Pop was the worst general manager in the CFL today. And I go, did you completely forget about Cavis um, Reed? Cavis Reed? Cavis <laughs> Reed, come on. Come on, really? You completely forgot about Cavis Reed? Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't like Jim Pop, never have. Uh, I like him less as a coach. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't think Pop should be with the organization next year, and if he's not, then I, I think Mark Trestman should. Now, speaking of Mark Trestman, BC Lions are looking for a head coach, aren't they? Mark Trestman, BC, come on down. Come on over, yeah. yeah. You'll like BC, Vancouver, a lot more than you like Toronto. Nobody likes Toronto. Even the people from Toronto don't like Toronto. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to get I some black like on that I I have very little um, very little patience or very little um, belief of anything anyone from Sportsnet says about the CFL. Quite frankly, because the the, the CFL is an afterthought for Sportsnet, so I could care less. Exactly. So, Mark, you got anything to comment on Arash Madani? Not really. Uh, is it possible that there's friction? Sure. Would a Rashma Danny dig it out? No. Um, let's face it, like Charles said, Sportsnet could care less about the CFL. I'm pretty sure Rogers isn't too worried about money or anything with the Argos that will just use it as a tax loss, just like Brayley does in BC. So, whatever. I think it's just making something out of nothing. That's it. You heard it from a friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah. Uh, okay. Will, you got anything to say about this? Nah. You sure know, you do. I'm sure I'm sure Jim Pop rubs everybody the wrong way, okay? It's just his personality. Okay, so is there some controversy there? I bet you there is. Is Jim Pop going to leave? Could be. And if Jim Pop left, I'd make Mark Tressman the general manager and the head coach and see what he can do with that whole organization. Because I, 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 I kind of don't. I think I at one point he said he has no interest in being a general manager. I, somewhere yeah, I remember it, him saying that. Everybody says that. But if the opportunity well, is given, he wanted to be a general manager. Yeah, well, Chris Jones is a whole new, a whole nother ball of wax. But we're, no, we're about to talk what? about him. Yeah. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, um, we do. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, there could be some stuff going on. But if they were to get rid of Trustman, they'd be stupid because. If they got rid of Bart Trestman, he would have a job in 15 minutes. So, well, he, I, and, he, and, 
and Herbie the be an worst idiot part, if he didn't try to get him in BC. Yeah, but of the course. worst part about it, the worst part about it is if I'm Mark Trestman, I'm going to say to myself, you know, I've had enough of getting fired for the last five years. I can see him going to the NCAA, making a gazillion dollars a year and coaching a college team for the next 20 years and living happily ever after. Or for that matter, there's the Alliance Football League again, okay? Because they've already hired Mike Riley, the coach, as a head coach out there. So who knows? Who knows? There's places for these guys to go. And the scariest thing is if you give them the opportunity, they're going to leave the CFL, and we can't let that happen. Okay, I agree. I mean, sorry, and I mean, it's it's in the bag, Christopher Jones. We know who the next head coach is going to be in B.C. Don't go there. No, we don't. His name is Kent Austin. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a lot of people on the list, and I don't think Kent's one of them. Oh, I think and he so is. So far, I don't like the there's anybody. The I don't like anybody on the list. I mean, who do you? Well, there's a conversation we can have right now. Who do you want to be the next head coach in BC? No, oh, we're not. We're talking about Wally Buono next. It's not going to talk about that. We're running out of time. Oh, okay. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. We can come back to that in the off season. And, and, and do all about that, right? Wally okay, Buono fine. coaches his final regular season game in Calgary. As Will said, the Calgary Stampeders, a class organization, a very classy organization. With or without this happening, I've always thought that they are a very classy, well-run organization. Went above and beyond for their former coach and general manager all-time winning coach in the CFL. I don't know what else to say about that one. Do you have anything to add, Will? You were there. You no, saw it. No, I, 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 it should have been something that was done, and it was done. But you know what? I'm thinking a lot of these BC Lions, the younger guys, don't know about Wally and his career. And I think that might have motivated him a little bit more, too, okay? Because, I mean, he got a freaking standing ovation in Calgary, of of all places, okay, when they're about to play a football game. And so, I don't know, I'm thinking half the people in the stands wanted Wally to win on Saturday night, too. So, because I, I still, I'm sure, and I feel the same way as a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. When Wally left, it left a very bad taste in my mouth. Because he, to this day, there's still parts of Wally Bono that are part of the Calgary organization. And and you can tell just the way, the way John Huffnagel's, he's got real tight purse strings, just like Wally did. The way John Huffnagel recruits players and cuts players just before their best before date. And that's all Wally Buono. He's done that for years and years and years. So he, he left, he left an imprint on Calgary's organization and it'll last until John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson go away. So 
Yeah. There you go. Okay. Charles, was this on TV? Did you get to see this on TV, this pre-game presentation, or was it just in the sta- in in the stadium? Uh, they did show it on TV. I didn't see as it happened, but I did see um, I did see they sh- uh, online afterwards. So yeah, I was um, I did see it. It was a class act, um, especially seeing as it's actually been a long time since Wally actually. Um, Worked in Calgary is going all the way back to 2003, I guess, was the last time he worked there. So we're we're talking, uh, you know, 15, 15 years, and a lot of regimes and so on have gone through there. Um, but it was still classy. Wally got his start in Calgary. He um, had uh, his big years here, there, and then of course got chased out of town by that idiot that wanted his kid to play. And, of course, we know that Matt Dunnigan came after that because that was a good idea. But, no, I thought it was a class act by the Stampeders to recognize Wally. I think the, the entire league should recognize Wally because he – but there was a stat that they showed on the uh, – I can't remember where it was. It was, uh, it was posted in the Let's Talk CFL group, and it was most wins by a coach – with one team. Number one was Wally Buono with the Cal- with the Calgary Stampeders. Number two was <laughs> Wally, Wally Bono Bono with, the with the BC Lions. So so he's got the most wins with one team, first and second <laughs> spot. So that just goes to show you how dominant Wally Buono has been as a head coach. I think so, that was Derek Taylor who put that up. And if yep. you added up all the other coaching, all the other coaches, and I think it was in the top ten, they didn't all together hit the amount of wins that he has. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And what surprised I mean, me the most is that that um, um, that um, Don Matthews was not in the top five. I thought he would have been with at least one of the teams. But I guess he bounced He's around. He's been with so many. That's the problem, I guess. You know, it, let's, he was with let's, BC, let's, Montreal, Toronto, Las uh, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, let's let's face it. Wally Buono is a CFL icon, and he's probably mm-hmm. the only one. Okay, I mean, you think about he played in the CFL, and then he's coached in the CFL his entire career. 40 years. I mean, he, to me, to me, he's, uh, he's, and, and I mean, the first thing, you know, I compare this to the NHL and he is, he's the Scotty Bowman of the NHL. Oh, There's yeah. no doubt about it. Okay. Well, how many years has he been in the league? Like 40? Uh, yeah. A long time. I mean, it's you, gotta be you close think to about 40. it, you, you think about it. Wally could have had his career in Calgary and when he left Calgary, he could have retired, and he was still one of the greatest coaches in CFL history. No, but no then question. He went to BC, then he went to BC for another how many years has he been there, right? Yeah. 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 He, he's been in the CFL for 45 years. Sorry, but that's insane. <laughs> it really is. 
Okay, he started as a player in 1973 till 1982. In 1983, he was a coach with uh, uh, an assistant coach with the Montreal Concords. Okay, and uh, then he had this little hiatus away from the the league. I don't know what I can't really find him. Then he went to the assistant coach in Calgary in '87, head coach. BC ever since. Mm-hmm. Most regular seasons wins by a head coach. Most first place finishes by a head coach. Most Grace Cup wins by a head coach. Hard And in reality, and in reality, he's how old is he? He's, he's not old. He's, six, he's like he's sixty-four like, or something like that. That's what I was thinking. 68. 68. Okay. If he wanted to, he could probably coach another five or seven years. 20? Well, I don't know if he's going to coach yeah. at 88. He could. There are coaches out there. I mean, even Rich, look at Rich Stubler. That guy's ancient. Mm-hmm. And he's not. He just looks it. Uh, he's 69. He's only a year older than Wally. Oh, you got June Jones and uh, Glanville. Jerry Glanville. <laughs> <laughs> They're in their 70s. He's in his 70s. Isn't Jerry Glanville 75? Something like that. But, I mean, that. was it – Was it? Uh, I thought Cal Murphy was in the CFL right up till he was 80 or 83 or something like that in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I think he was. I think you're right about that. Yeah, Jerry Glanville is 77. but – but he was well. You know what? Towards the end of his towards the end of his career, Cal Murphy was actually an NFL scout for the uh, yep. Indianapolis yep. Colts till he was probably yep. in his late seventies. I mean, you think about it. We sit here and we talk about football, and we've all watched football our entire lives. I mean, think about the knowledge a guy like Wally Buono has. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, I mean, no, it can't be matched. It, no. It, it, that's a record that will never be broken. No, absolutely not. Uh, Murphy. As he was 80 years old when he died. But as an assistant or whatever, he was in the CFL from 83. Consist- no, right through from to... 74. He was a coach nope. in 74. Or 74, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah. From 74 through to 99. In in the CFL. And then he went to the Frankfurt Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, that's as long as Wally was in the CFL as a coach. I mean, that's basically, that's 45 years. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the picture of Murphy with his ten Grey Cup rings. Yeah. Scary picture. Okay, we've got uh, nine minutes left of the league. Let's carry on. Chris Jones says the Bombers are currently playing the best in the CFL right now. Well, he'd be an idiot to say otherwise after his team just got beat 31-9. Okay? Whether or not the Bombers are the best, he has to say that. Otherwise... You know, he's got no excuse for losing. 
hard for me to even sell this. He actually said that before the game. Did he? Yeah. Really? It was before the game. Yeah, it was in an article before the game. Well, wow, then they okay. just kind of proved his point then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and shellacked them. So he was expecting a loss. Yeah, it almost sounds like that when he's come out and say that, then you get beat 31 nothing. Well, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, I told you they were going to beat us. See? See what I mean? <laughs> Apparently, yes. I wouldn't say they're the hottest team in the league right now, by any means, or the best. But they're in the top two or three. Mm-hmm. They had four losses and then four victories. Edmonton does, with, did that. Remember that? When yeah. last, was it last year? They were like hot yep. and cold and hot. And it's just and like, even come on, the show four some losses. consistency. But even with the four losses, they still, I'm pretty sure they're still at the top for points scored by the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think no, I they think are. I think you're right. Yeah. I think they are. Which is um, also and with the defense rounding in the form. Which is also kind of um, remarkable considering, remember that period in the midseason where Matt Nichols was just having no success at all. Remember, mm-hmm. you go down towards uh, late August and into, into September, he was just getting nothing done. And people were wanting him pulled. They were saying, yelling to start Strebler and so on. So They still are. They'll be up near the top of the point. No, of course they still are. Which is ludicrous. He, He's just won four straight games, and they're calling for Strebler to start. Yeah. Fans are fickle and stupid. Well, you know, he, he threw the same number of touchdown passes as Matt Nichols, so that must mean he's a star. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, let's move on real blah, quick Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Are the concession costs keeping fans away? No. No. Why would they be keeping fans away? I spent $500 to fly to Calgary to watch the BC Lions play football. And what did I buy in that stadium, Will? Popcorn. Nothing. Oh, did and you a buy couple a of bottles of water. There you go. Right? You did do that. Yep. I bought a popcorn and a couple of bottles of water. One for Will, one and, for myself. And that's did three I more stay things. away from the game? That, that's three more things that I've bought all year. So <laughs> You don't buy anything, do you? Occasionally I'll have a it depends on what time it is, and if I've been busy, occasionally I'll have a cheeseburger or something. Oh. Yeah, if you didn't get to eat before you got there. Like, there's a couple of games where I had to go right from work, and, yeah, I bought a cheeseburger. So, so if if the concession prices are keeping fans away, the fans are idiots, okay? Costco's across the street from BC Line, BC Play Stadium. Go get a hot dog before you. You don't have to be a Costco member to get a hot dog. Okay. Hot dog and a drink, buck ninety nine. Hot Tell dog me. and a drink for a buck ninety nine across the street. Seriously. Yeah, do what we they do. They were Tell smart me. and they put their concession outside. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's just it's one of those things. Okay. Do concessions keep the fans away? No. Only stupid fans stay away. If you have to drink at the game, go to a tailgate, bring your own beer to the tailgate, drink a, drink that beer, and then don't spend 10 bucks a beer when you go in. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean seriously, what sporting event or concert or um, anything that happens in a stadium or an arena or something, what event doesn't have overpriced food? They all do. It doesn't keep people away. That, that's not that's not the real question here, Charles. The real question is what other sporting event or concert can you get in the door for twenty five bucks? That's the other thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you can get into a BC Lions game for twenty five bucks. You can spend another twenty five bucks on concession. Okay, you're still cheaper than any concert. You're still cheaper than going to the Canucks game. You're still cheaper than even going to the Whitecaps. So. No, True. concession prices are not keeping fans away in the CFL. I don't believe that for a heartbeat. Okay, we got, oh my God, three minutes left. Bob Irving calls his 800 CFL game. Yeah, that it, that in itself is a Wally Buono type of moment where, you know, there's not many people that are going to be able to do that or can say that or have been able to do something like that. But, you know, he's been a real dick the last couple of years, too. So it's really taken a lot away from his uh, uh, legacy. He's made some really stupid comments lately. Maybe it's like... Well, we called him out. I, I can't remember what it was, but we called him out on, on one thing earlier this year. I can't remember what it was that he was being an idiot. We called him out more on more than a couple of things. But, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a landmark, no doubt about it calling his 800th game. Uh, maybe Rod Peterson will cut, will get to that eventually. I mean, he doesn't seem to be... Uh, Do you his, remember uh, the Canadian Football Network? No. Yes, I do. Well, yeah, Charles. Two years, he was one of the that. announcers on it. Yes, he was. He did the <laughs> Grey Cup for them, I think, yep. every year. That was on the, the Global Network when they had the yep. CFL rights. They had the C, the... Canadian Football Network. That was like in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that. It was him usually and Dave Hodge with the other one. Yeah. Okay, where are we doing in here? I wanted to do some power rankings, but we can't do that. Well, next show is only two days away. We Wednesday. can do it on Wednesday. Wednesday we can do some power rankings because we don't have to talk so long about the, the games. That was an hour and a half we spent talking about four football games. But you know what? They were four good football games, and they were worth talking about. So, you know what? The show does what it wants to do, and that's a cool thing because that's what the way well, we it, want it. I was going to say that's okay because in a few weeks we'll be in the playoffs and there will be only two games at most a week. Yeah. Okay, this has been Let's Talk we'll CFL Podcast. Let me finish, will you, Charles? Come on. Sorry. <laughs> I always cut you off. I know that, but you're not supposed to do that to me. Okay, we got a minute left in the show. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 289. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I forgot to announce myself at the beginning of the show. I did the panel, but not me. Anyhow, yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure talking football with these gentlemen. And uh, good night, everybody. And you take care. And we'll be back to you in two days, so hopefully, on Wednesday to call out this weekend's exciting run to the Grey Cup. Charles, say good night. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Wednesday night. And Mark. Good night, everybody. And a quick mm-hmm. shout-out to Brendan and his now fiance Sheena, for announcing they're getting married. Brendan, don't do it. You'll regret it. We've all done it. We know better, okay? 
Anyhow, uh, do you know why I put Will last? Anybody, real quick, 20 seconds. We got he left. won't hang up. He, he won't hang, hang up. up. He always hangs yeah. <laughs> up after he says good night. Doesn't matter what yep. anybody else says, Will's gone. Will, say good night. Good night, everybody. Sheena, you're a saint. Oh, yeah, without <laughs> question. Why would you do something like this? <laughs>